Welcome back class. Today, uh, last time we looked at how to share your testimony. Today we're going to be looking at how to relate with others. And this subject, as we have found, is the foundation of the Christian experience. Sharing your testimony is a skill mm -hmm. that every Christian should know, especially missionaries. And so we are going to be looking at um, different, what are examples of ways that we can share our testimony, what can be said, and in what context and when we should do that, and looking at different examples of what the Word of God says regarding the subject, says regarding the subject. But before we do that, we are going to begin with the Word of Prayer. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times in false education, it's just a mental culture. It's just book learning. And it's not really practical skills. Can you repeat those uh, wisdom, stature, and favor? Yeah, I can write them down. Okay. Christ was wisdom. That is mental. This is his education. And then what? what is the next one? Stature. What is that? Physical body. Yeah, that's physical. And then? Favor. With? Man. No, that's not. with God and man, sorry. So God. So what is that? Spiritual. That's mm -hmm. spiritual. Yes. And then favor with who? Um, favor with man, man and man. God. Then man. Social. Social. Yeah. You got it. Mm -hmm. So Christ's education was was actually fourfold: mental, physical, spiritual, and social. And so what we're looking at today is how are we able to increase in favor with man. This is dealing with the principle of influence. The very first thing that as missionaries we should seek to develop with any new person that we meet. I want us all to go to WhatsApp if you can. I'm going to share this with you. This is Christ Success. Actually, can I get a volunteer to read, read this? This is from Desire of Ages 74.2. Thus, as he grew in wisdom and stature, Jesus increased in favor with God and man. He drew the sympathy of all hearts by showing himself capable of sympathizing with all. The atmosphere of hope and courage that surrounded him made him a blessing in every home. Amen. Amen. Where was it taken from? Zarages 74, paragraph 2. Would you like to use my phone for WhatsApp? Yeah. Uh, if we're going to be using it, yes, I would really okay. very much appreciate that. Definitely, here you go. I think I need it. Thank you. I like the reading of the fact that um, Jesus sympathized. He, he sympathy of all, um, God, and uh, he drew the sympathy of all hearts by showing himself capable of sympathizing with all. He was, okay, go ahead. Um, is there a similarity between Sikor, like you talked about, and sympathizing? I guess. Or comfort. There's a verse in, I think it's in Corinthians that says, um, because we are comforted in our um, time of affliction, so can we comfort others. It's not the way it's said, but I don't know. Um, can you find that? What, what is it? Yes, I'll, I'll look it up. Second uh, Corinthians one four. Let's turn there. I'm really glad you brought that up. 
Second Corinthians one four. Second Corinthians one verse four. Yeah. Christ showed himself capable of sympathizing with all. That is mm. very, very significant. Because Christ's method alone is going to bring true success. So, Amen. looking at Second uh, Corinthians one four, would you like to read that for us, Sister Tina? Sure. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth in, by Christ. Amen. So why does our... Our sufferings of Christ, as our suffering increase, why does our consolations increase? <laughs> because we know what it's like to go through it, so we can help someone else go through the same thing. And Christ was our eldest brother who went before us. Leaders go first. He is our example, and he endured the sufferings that we experience. The whole purpose of the gospel, why he came to this earth, is so that he can experience what we experience and overcome in our flesh so that he shows himself capable of sympathizing with all. So is it is it safe to say, so what you're saying then is that as we go through our suffering, we can, um, it says, so our consolation also abound in Christ. So you say as we go through suffering, then we are able to sympathize with somebody else? Absolutely. So then if we are, so then is it safe to say then that if we are not, if we, if we don't have if we can't sympathize with others because we we haven't gone through anything and we don't have the suffering of Christ. If we can't sympathize with others, it's simply because we have not been exercising our sympathizing muscle. Oh. I believe sympathizing is a skill that we can develop. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the way that society is today, we are decreasing in our ability to, to or our interest to care. It's really self-centered. Mm -hmm. So our sympathizing is getting less and less as a people, but if you determine in your heart to be intentional about learning the circumstances of others and seeing how can I relate, and changing the questions we have, there are some, there, there's some missionaries that I've met that are, uh, they grew up in a good Christian home, and they're very thankful for the life that they've had. And when they are meeting someone who is outside of Christ, they hear their testimony and they're like, wow, that sucks. I, and, and they're kind of like, I don't know what that's like. And they, it, it's kind of like this distance is created. Mm -hmm. But the key of missionary work is not distance, it's coming close to the people. Mm -hmm. Mingling with them as one desiring their good. That's the first step. So what I would even challenge is, even if you had a good upbringing, who has had a perfect upbringing? None. There's got to be some sort of way you can tax your mind to a Jew become a Jew, to a Roman be a Roman, to, to find out how could I relate to some degree or another. And it may not be perfectly, but showing that you're capable of relating is going to bring more influence, more trust. And if people trust you, they're more willing to listen to what you have to say. Hmm. I don't know if you mentioned Hebrews 2 verse 17. 
says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a faithful and merciful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Amen. Absolutely. 2.17. We read that yesterday, but we didn't, I mean, um, on Thursday, but we didn't read it today. So it behooved Christ to be made like unto his brethren. That word behooved in the original actually means obliged. It was obligated. It was his responsibility. He had to. It was a necessity. So relating, sympathizing, being able to relate with others is not an option. It's not just something some people have and others don't. Mm. It is God's demanding for anyone who desires to be used by God to serve others. We need to be able to relate and set our mind to learning this skill. Mm. Mm. So, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because we, um, one thing we do know, just like Pastor said, and, um, and Sabbath, uh, in some cases, some of us, we have this where we could, we know we're going to come into the classroom, or just use it as an example, we put on a different face, we change mm -hmm. to fit the atmosphere, to fit what we're in. But one thing we do know um, is that, um, you can pretend but so long because the real you will come forward you know so as, as you just said and it's so true in order for us to do even the missionary work we have to be like christ it's a must to be like christ you know definitely it's a privilege yes yes it is privilege and duty so how is it that we are um able to relate to people let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 25. We're going to look at a principle from this, this verse. Here is the instruction of Christ of how we are to deal with adversaries. Because when we look at this, what we are is we see that there are two kingdoms striving for supremacy mm -hmm. under the souls, playing the game of life, and it's playing for keeps throughout eternity. Satan is trying to take the lives of his subjects, and we are trying to go into an enemy kingdom and wrench the souls from his grasp. Yes. We're in a war. Mm -hmm. So in this war, we need to realize what, how to fight this war. We're going to Matthew 5 and verse 25. What's that first word? Agree. Agree. Agree with thine friends. No. Agree with thy church members. No. Oh. Adversaries. Oh, adversaries. Agree with thine adversary quickly? Hmm. Huh. I get you thinking. While, yeah, while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time thine adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. So the principle that is here being shown is, look, when there's disagreements, find common ground. That doesn't mean compromise, but if you are going to enemy territories, you have adversaries, you have people that are enemies of God. Remember, friendship with the world is enmity against Christ. And if you, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, he that is not with me is against me. Yes. He that gathereth not with me does what? Scattereth abroad. Scattereth abroad. 
So what we're dealing with is we, we have a conundrum because there are people that are scattering away from Christ and they are counterworking the gospel of Christ. So they're enemies of God. But how is it that we are able to befriend them? How do you turn an enemy to a friend? How do you win friends? Find common ground. Find common ground. You agree with them. Because if you focus on the differences, what we see is it escalates quickly. You go to the officer, you go to the judge, and you go to prison. That escalated fast. Mm -hmm. And so the, this, the differences divide and the common ground is able to help gain that influence. So what does this mean practically? Um, like for instance, we were, we were talking yesterday, sharing stories, when you're knocking at people's doors and, and, and you see that they have like this quizzical look and you don't necessarily want to say, hey, don't worry, I'm not a Mormon or Jehovah Witness. They're like, oh, well, I'm a Mormon. And then, bam, they'll shut the door. <laughs> and, and so that difference, just what? It created a divide. Yeah. It closed the door. So a, a better approach is when you see that happening is asking, excuse me, are you a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness? And they can say, yes, I'm a Mormon. You're like, oh, I have many more common ground. I have lovely friends that are Mormons. Health message. Yeah, health message. You And see, I studied with Mormon missionaries for two years. And... What I realized is the way to share with Mormons is we find the common ground. Like, you have a word of wisdom, we have a health message too. You have, believe in a temple restored and a temple message, we believe in a temple message. You believe that you're living in the last days, we believe we're living in the last days. And you just go through the common ground, not the differences. And the moment you go through a list like that, I, every Mormon I've talked to, they're like, whoa. They're like, are you serious? Who are you? And, and they were just fascinated. When I hear about missionaries um, laboring in, Christian missionaries in the Middle East, a lot of times what you hear about are these Christians are getting beheaded and killed and slaughtered and lots of persecution. And what the media doesn't tell you is a lot of those Christians are actually Catholic Catholic Christians, mm -hmm. and it's the idols and the images mm -hmm. that the Muslim world is just yeah. fed up mm -hmm. with, and they don't want anything to do. And the reason why they are so against America is because they look at the apostasy yes. in professed Christianity, mm -hmm. and they are against that. But when you go to a Muslim, like I was witnessing to a Muslim in California, as soon as I found that out, I was like, oh, hey. You guys don't eat pork, we don't eat pork. You don't drink alcohol, we don't drink alcohol. You, you believe in modesty, we believe in, in modesty too. And they're like, wow, who are you? Well, we're Seventh-day Adventist Christians. And to them, you're able to share that. Um, and so the common ground is what's going to open a door, be like, okay, you have my attention. Tell me more. What else do you know? If you're talking to a Baptist, are you going to go to the most contributed point that you have? No, you're going to be like, hey, you believe in baptism by immersion? So do I. It's like, how amazing is that? We have so much in common. Norway also has a quotation where she says, we should not bring to the front the objectionable features of our faith. Absolutely. That is important. Yeah, and especially be careful how we present those subjects that contain a cross. Because 
that is going to offend many people um, too early. What I've realized is that sometimes you're able to give a message where if you give a message, you can study on a subject that you have in common with the individual and still be teaching them. God is looking for progress. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines how? More and more into the perfect day. So God's work is progressive. Present truth in its nature is progressive. So if you take the person where they are and you lead them, uh, Titus 2.11 says the grace of God that bringing salvation has appeared to all men, teaching them to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. So the grace of God is an educator. So it, it ta God ex takes us where we, he accepts us where we are, but he doesn't leave us where we are. Mm. And then he guides us step by step. So there are certain religions or groups that if you realize what are the key, what are some of the most fundamental doctrines that they have, what are the, the things that they hold on to the most, that's usually what they want to talk about first thing. But that is exactly the last thing you want to talk about at the beginning of the relationship. You want to be able to find the common ground. And as you go through like maybe five studies, they're going to be like, wow, one, we believe a lot alike. And you've already taught me these five new truths. So when we get to the sixth one and it's a little more controverted, I'm going to be more inclined to listen to you because now I like you. I know you. I trust you. You're my friends. And friends are not going to, you know, be, become great enemies and just cut each other off as easily. So this is missionary work, but it starts with relating. And a big part of that is sharing your testimony, where you came from. Is this making sense to everybody? Yes. Okay. Praise the Lord. So let's go over to Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. We're looking at Christ and his example. Romans 13, verse 14. Let's actually begin in verse 12 through 14. Can I get a volunteer to read this? Okay. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, but in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What does it mean, or what is one way to, what is an indication that I have put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Putting away the works of darkness. Yes. Absolutely. Let's go to WhatsApp. All of those answers are correct. 
and and we're we're dealing with examining ourselves. This is another thing that we can find. And I want you to pay attention because I'm going to ask you guys to. I'm going to write down a list from what we're about to read. This is from Christ Object Lessons 125. But um, these are some examples. And and before I read this, I want to preface with a context. Sometimes we so often when I talk about people sharing their testimony, they're like, well, I don't really have a testimony. Or they're like, what am I going to share? My life is boring. I don't have anything special to say. And maybe some, their experience was like night and day difference. Like overnight they just shifted and had all these like outward sins and vices that they just sloughed away. And they were a new person. And because we haven't had such a drastic experience, maybe ours was more gradual, we feel as though, well, my, my testimony isn't as powerful, or my testimony shouldn't be shared, or my testimony cannot help another person. And I want to help challenge that mentality to see, well, what can we share? What are some things? So this, I'll read it, says, All who receive the gospel message into the heart will long to do what? Proclaim it. Proclaim it. That's a principle. The heaven-born love of Christ must find what? Expression. Expression. Those who put on Christ will do what to relate their Relate their experience. Wait, we're talking about relating. Will relate their experience, tracing step by step the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Here's a list. They're hungering and thirsting for the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ whom he has sent, the results of their searching of the scriptures, their prayers, their soul, what? Agony. Agony. And the words of Christ to the church. Not to them. To their parents. <laughs> to them. This is a personal experience with the words of Christ. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Here it is. It is unnatural, friends, for any to keep these things secret. And those who are filled with the love of Christ will not do so. In proportion, as the Lord has made them, the depositories of sacred truth will be their desire that others shall receive the same blessing. And as they, as they make known, the rich treasures of God's grace, more and still what? More. More of the grace of Christ will be imparted to them. They will have in the heart of a little child, in its simplicity and unreserved obedience, their souls will, plant, will pant after holiness, and more and more of the treasures of the truth and grace will be revealed to them to be given to the world. Hmm. This is beautiful. The last part here, um, where you speak about, uh, will have the heart of the little child in simplicity and unreserved obedience. Yes, and I like that. It reminds me of of your children. As I was, um, both of them were looking and got their attention. <laughs> I was I was sharing with my friend about the about the camera and how it works and show him how to use it, and immediately, what does he do? He goes with the simplicity of a child to his brother and says, hey, you gotta check out this camera. You, you gotta see how to use it. 
This is like the closest thing. Come, it's like, come, can, can you show my brother too? It's, it's unnatural for us if we have accepted Christ's grace into our heart to, to keep that secret from others. So if any of us feel that we don't have anything to share, or, hey, that, that's, that's uh, Brother Willie's gift, but that's not my gift. That's why Jesus says, unless we humble ourselves like a little child, mm-hmm. you know, and how we relate to each other. Because, you know, kids, it's like, I look at it as a mom, you learn a lot from your children, even with discipline. Even when God says, the word of God says um, in Revelation um, 3, I think, I forgot what verse, I think about verse 1920, somewhere along that line, when it says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasten and rebuke, be zealous, therefore, and repent. So even when as a parent, you discipline your child, the child don't hold a grudge, you know? They come back and, you know, they love you and so forth. It's just like us, the relationship we have with the Father, even though he disciplines us, we still love him. But if you look at the relationship in our lives as adults are, so forth, we are more harder on each other. There's no forgiveness in our heart against each other. You know, we, we have this thing about us where it's hard to reach us, but not with a child though. Mm-hmm. And so I see, then I can see the example of Christ saying, we have to be like a little child. Amen. That is why Paul says, in understanding, be men, but in malice, be children. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's right. So what is what are the types of testimonies that it is unnatural for us not to share according to what we just read? According to what you just read? Unnatural. So those who have put on Christ will relate their experience. It is the hungering and thirsting that we have for the knowledge of God. Yes. So uh, the leadings of the Spirit are tracing step by step the leadings of the Spirit. And the results of their searching of the scriptures. And and that, that R word is is very important. What was that? Result. Results. That's what the world is looking for, friends. Do you realize so many people are going through the world and they are just in pain and misery, physically, mentally, spiritually, and they're just looking for something that works. And you were talking to the universalist who believes in coexisting of all these different religions mm-hmm. that contradict each other, and that they're all true. It's like these people are searching for God in all the wrong places, and, and they just want results. That's what it is. It's not a theory of the truth, but it's actually what has the truth done for you. And so it's also the, the prayers. So answered prayers... Things that you are praying for, even before they're answered, when you're able to relate an experience, and you and you you let people know this is what I'm praying for, and the fact that you go through a trial and immediately you go to prayer, that is a that's a sermon right there. Like we were just talking about how the pastor, when he gets scared, he's, he starts praying. Like he, mm-hmm. that's his first in reaction. That's a testimony. That's a testament. And so when we share our prayers with others, we're inspiring people to look up and look a little higher. Yes? I was just going to say, Ellen White, she, I read uh, once, in, a, in the, I forget exactly where it was, but she said a lot of times we feel, as like, like you were saying, like our testimony is insufficient. Yes. Mm. Like it is not enough to share. Mm-hmm. But she says, when you sit there, 
and sometimes you desire to say something or to share something, but then there's something that tells you, yeah, but it's not just, it's not enough. It, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, but that, that urging I don't want is, to take up the time. Exactly. No, take up the time and, and... Nobody wants to listen to me. Yeah, nobody wants to listen Who to cares? me. Who cares? Or it's not important. Exactly. Yeah, it's not important enough. But that urgency is actually the spirit telling you to share it. Absolutely. That's what it is. But we quench it a lot of times. We quench it, and she actually says it is a sin. We rob the church, she said. I um, think... And, and, we, and we're not giving all the honor and glory to God. So, I think when, I, when, when Pastor was yeah. preaching, I had to tell him after. Something that he said during the sermon makes me realize, because sometimes, you know, people want to put men who go before, who are the mouthpiece of God, as if they're God. But you know, you, you look at those men, you give them the respect that they deserve, but there's something he said where he said, I have struggles, you know? And it's not a lot of people who would stand there and tell you, this is my struggle. But he said, I struggle with being patient. And I'm like, wow. You know, because, you know, I'm like, so I had to tell him, thank you, because that's my struggle, being patient. And you know? when he shared that, did that increase your trust with him? Or, or the influence that he yes, had with you? Yes, it did. Did that make you feel closer to him? Yes. That because you can relate, you had that common ground? Yes. Then you're like, I appreciate you. Yes, I, I respect did. you more. Yes. It's exactly the effect. And, and what you're touching upon is right here where it mentioned the soul agony. Agony doesn't usually sound like a testimony. Is that a testimony? Yes. Yeah. Why? Because people would more relate to your pain than they do with your success. You can write that down. People would relate more with your pain than with your success. That is so essential to realize. Because, yeah, you can talk about God's ideal for man. You can talk about the joy with the Lord. You can talk about... The, the missionary endeavors that are taking place, souls are being won to Christ. But if people don't realize where you came from, they, you weren't always like that. Ha, has anyone in the room ever been like, oh, uh, what the pastor's saying, like, yeah, that applies to the pastor. He can do that because, well, he's a pastor. He's been doing this for a long time. And, and it's like, maybe this doesn't necessarily apply to me. Yeah. What I see is um, it helps us more because... As you said, people will relate more with your pain than your success because they want to know how they can overcome. How did you overcome? Mm -hmm. You know, if you were alcoholic or used to take drugs, they want to know how do you get to where you are? That's right. the testimony they want. They don't want to know how come you're successful. Not. They want to know how did you get over? Exactly. How did you overcome? How to overcome. Yes. And we overcome by? And our testimony. Helping others overcome yes. by the blood of my own, the word, the testimony. Mm -hmm. that's, that's biblical. It's Revelation uh, 12, 11. Kathy, can, uh, could you share just briefly, what was the book that, your, uh, that John was trying to put together about people's situations? What was the vision that he had? He, his second book was going to be, whatever your problem is, someone used to have it and mm. has overcome it. It was on the back burner. It never got printed, but he had many of testimonies to give people hope. Can, can you imagine the hope and the encouragement that would flood the soul 
when someone is feeling discouraged, the doctors say, your sickness is incurable. Your condition is isolated. You are, you have this issue, and then Satan starts tempting them. No one can relate. I'm the only one. I'm unique. Not even Jesus can relate to me. He didn't go, he wasn't sinned like I'm sinned with. How could he be when he didn't have these influences? And Satan wants to isolate us. That's his work of isolation. And then when you share, hey, I used to be exactly where you are, but I overcame. God brought me out of the horrible pit, yes. out of the miry clay, and he established my feet upon the rock. And he could do the same for you. I think one of the biggest testimonies where you find Jesus with the woman of the, at the well, when she went back, her testimony of what Jesus did for her saved a whole city, you know? So that was a powerful testimony of what, because everybody knew who she was, you know, but her testimony was very powerful. Amen. This brings me back to the verse that says, First Corinthians 13, uh, 10 verse 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Amen. 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 Let's go over to the um, let's go over to Revelation chapter fifteen, verse two and three. Revelation fifteen. Revelation 15, 2 and 3. Amen. Hmm. Can I get a volunteer to read these verses? Okay. I'll read if you want. Thank you. Revelation 15, verse 2 and 3. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the hearts of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. All right, question. What's going on with this new song? Why is, why did the 144,000 sing a new song that no other man can learn? They, they went through an experience that nobody else had. They had a testimony that no one else had. How do you know that? It's so. It's because they said they got the victory, victory over. I mean, four things, isn't uh, it? Yeah. The image, victory over the beast, the image, the mark, the number of his name. Amen. Let's go to Psalms chapter forty, verse two. That's that's good. Let's look at a second witness. Psalms forty, verse two. Yes. Psalms forty, verse two, and verse three. This, this concept of a new song. What is a new song in the scriptures? Even the new song that only the 144,000 is saying. This is a very unique, a very special song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Psalms 40, verse 2 and verse 3. Johanna, would you like to read it for us? Yeah. Thank you. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. 
out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and established my governance. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise and glory to God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Amen. Absolutely. So we see that this new song is that, it's like you said, it's a song of their experience. It's a song of their deliverance. The reason why they sing a song that no one else has is because they lived a life. They went through an experience. They have a testimony that no one else has. They went through a test that no one else was tested with. Even the test, the final crisis is going to be Mark of the Beast crisis. Mm. So when you look at the 144,000, they, they have a testimony to share. Do, do we want to be among the 144,000? Yeah. Do we want to strive to be among that number? What is it that we need to be able to relate to others? Our testimony. And this is foundational. There's nowhere in the Bible that you're going to go where you won't find that the testimony is, is at its very core. So... By God's grace, in the next class, we are going to, I'm going to get a handout printed for you guys, and we're going to dig deep into our personal experience, and this is where it gets very relevant to each of us individually. Not a Bible study, but how do we discover how, from our experiences, how we can use this to glorify God and share with others. So we're going to do that after our break when we come back. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. Alright, so let's close with the word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us an example, an elder brother that has gone before us, that was tempted in all points as we, and yet without sin. And it was because he was made like unto his brethren that he could secure those that are tempted. We pray that you will help us to learn this skill of sympathizing with others, of relating our experiences with others. We, we thank you for everything that you have allowed into our life. We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God and are called according to your purpose. And because of the experiences, even the challenges that we face, they, we recognize they allow us to sympathize or comfort those in the same comfort wherewith we are comforted. Please help to open our eyes that we can see the opportunities we have to speak words of encouragement, to relate to others, to testify of Jesus' love, the hungering and thirsting we have after the truth, even our soul agony, and how you have refreshed and satisfied the longing of our souls. We pray for a special blessing on these classes and in our in our in our minds and hearts. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Amen.